Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. I am Craig Hoffman. He is Logan Paulson back for another week of enthralling football talk. So, Logan, here's what we're going to do on the pod today. One topic uh, It's going to take the entire time. I love doing this every summer. Um, typically do it on the radio show at some point, uh, but we're going to, we're going to do it here on the podcast confidence rankings. We're going to start with the group that we are least confident in going into the season. And we will grow to the most confident of the following nine position groups is how we're breaking it down. We got quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, O-line on offense, D-line linebackers, DBs. We're going to lump the DBs together as a whole on defense and then special teams, uh, is there as well. So. Uh, we're going to start with the least. You got to stay tuned to see who we're, are, we are the most confident in. But Logan, uh, that's what we got. Position groups for the commanders. Next week, by the way, we're going to go do something we did last year, our divisional uh, position group rankings. So a lot of deep dives into to kind of what's going on around the division over the next couple of weeks as well. But let's start with the group that we are least confident in going into the 2023 season. Uh, Logan, I think we're gonna have the same one. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the old one, two, three here. And then we're gonna, we're gonna say it. Okay. What? One, two, three. O-line? Offensive line. Oh, yeah. I wasn't sure. Nice. Yeah. 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 Good. Yeah. 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 Good. All right. Why is it O-line? Um, so I think I, I like some of the moves they've done in the off season. I like the idea of moving Cosme to guard. I think, um, you know, that's probably his more natural position. Like when we were about, we've talked about that a lot, probably better guard. Great. Um, I like Wiley. I think he did a good job for Kansas City last year. I think he knows EB. I think he knows the scheme. I like Gates a lot. I think he's a good player. Um, I like the potential of Chris Paul and uh, Sadiq Charles. We'll see what kind of happens there. And then Leno is a good, is a serviceable left tackle. I think all of that is 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 true. But they're all there's. It's a lot of new pieces coming together. A lot of new pieces in a new scheme. And I think we saw like what happens when the offensive line doesn't gel very well last year. And it gives me a little bit of anxiety because like I, I to me, I'm like, well, you could have gone out and addressed this more aggressively and gotten better pieces, um, but they didn't. And so because of how they structured up the OTAs, because of the multitude of movement in that group, it's kind of like, I don't really know what they have. And I think that's, that's another reason. Like, it's not like, you know, while I think Wiley's a good football player, it's not like he was, you know, the, the best tackle on the market coming out this year, you know, in terms of free agent, like he was a good player, 
not a great player. Same thing with Gates, good, solid football player, and that's how you build that position group. But still, I want to see them do stuff. I want to see them run the ball. I want to see them pass protect. I want to see them against live bullets because that position group, probably more than any other one, maybe defensive back, is so predicated on chemistry and working together as a unit. Yeah. I'm going to start even more pacing that we don't know who it's going to be. Yeah. Like this is the one spot where I would not want to put money down on who the day one starters are. I feel like I probably got everyone else. I know where they're going to be. Um, this one, I don't, I don't know who's going to start at left guard. Um, yeah. I would put the most, like if I, you give me a hundred chips, uh, to borrow a bit from, from the beltway boys, uh, JP and, <laughs> and Mitch and them, you give me a hundred chips. I'm putting like 75 down on Sadiq Charles. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe 70 cause I'm a little scared he gets hurt. Uh, but like from a performance and experience standpoint, I, he's probably going to wind up being the, the starter. He should be the guy, should be the guy. But, but Chris Paul certainly could have a really good camp and, and surpass him. Um, there's a chance something wacky happens in another position and they, they move some things around. Who knows if Stromberg really comes on at center and they're like, man, okay, let's put him at center. Let's put Gates at left car. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's yeah. unlikely. Um, but we, we truly don't know. And of the guys that we do know, again, like Cosme, theoretically a better guard, hasn't played a lot of it. Yeah. Wiley's, you know, okay, what does it look like when Patrick Mahomes isn't able to get him out of some of the, the trouble that he got himself into in the past? Uh, he does have EB obviously calling the plays, and that gives me, I think, the most confidence in this group. But Gates hasn't played in a long time. His backups are young and inexperienced or injury-prone in Larson. Like, there's just a lot of questions. and yeah. And – you know, are there questions in other positions? Yes, not nearly as many as. And one is there's five spots in this, and you know, mm-hmm. where else is there five five starting spots? There isn't one. Right. Um, but when you got five starting spots and three of them are four of them are question marks, and the other one, by the way, is Charles Leno, who isn't exactly a world beater, um, although he's a very good, good, very yeah. solid football player. Um, I think that's that's pretty easy actually to put one, and that's you know, it's the underlying you know, kind of theme of this entire season is mm-hmm. can this offensive line do enough to allow the skill positions to shine? And if the answer is yes, they could be good. If the answer is no, it is going to be a very long season yeah. and there will be a lot of changes after it. And I think we both agree that there is, there's potential there. We just haven't seen it. We mm-hmm. don't know. And it's, uh, and I think, I think there's high upside in this group. Like again, Cosme to guard, I think it's great. I think Gates at center is going to be awesome for this team. Um, I think the scheme that they're bringing in is going to be really helpful to this group. So I am optimistic that they're going to be, that they can get there. But, you know, it's like you mentioned the chip analogy, like how many chips, like, would you bet your house that they're going to be, you know, a good group? And it's, it's hard to say that at this point, because there's a lot of questions. You mentioned the left guard, like, and the other thing that gets me is like, they just haven't played together that much. You know, it's, it's, it's basically four. They haven't blocked a single run together yet. Yes. Even without pads. It's four people. Uh, on that of, of, of five in new spots and that's always a little bit of um a little bit of little little tough because you know like one of the things about offensive line is it's really how that group gels and the best offensive lines i played with in my career weren't always the most talented guys but they came together in a nice way so that is still entirely possible and we'll probably do another ranking like this maybe after training camp or something like that and we might be saying yeah. a completely different tune but as of right now and a little bit of it's some of it's not their fault it's just the, the way it was structured, we didn't get to see them kind of do anything. And, and that coupled with all the questions 
about the personnel, I think makes it really, really challenging. So I think that's a pretty easy number one through no fault of that, uh, of the personnel there. It's just, we didn't see it during OTAs and minicamp. There's a lot of new people in new spots. So yeah. All right. Number eight this um, is or number two, depending. I, yeah. It's really tough depending on how you want to look at it. Um, do you have, are, are you, do you have an answer? I'm I have, still, I'm still I have, trying to decide. I'm, I'm in between two spots and I want to run it All by right, you. Also, are we going to do our own rankings or are we, we trying to come together on a composite? I ranking? think we can kind of come together on a composite. If I, we, think, if, I think we come together. It's probably a, easier for the social media team to put together a graphic that if, way. If this is a two hour show, maybe we could do our own, but right, as of right now. Okay. Um, so I'll All say right, I'm, considering? I'm kind of torn between uh, linebackers and quarterbacks at the moment, you know, and I think. And that maybe you could sprinkle tight ends in there. I might be overly that was high the on the one that I was I was thinking of because I. But again, like Logan looked great in OTAs. So did uh, Cole Turner. And again, it's OTAs. Bates looked good. Like we get to see a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a little bit I'm a little bit more confident that they're going to be good. Obviously, you got they got to be healthy and stuff. But to me, the linebackers and the quarterbacks are kind of those three are the the next next tier for me. And it's just about who we want to put at eight. Yeah. So tight end, tight end is firmly in this mix for me because these guys looked great in various things last year, OTAs true. training camp. It is true. And then it was, uh, to quote Jamie Tart from, uh, from, from Ted Lasso, poop. It was bad. <laughs> it was bad season for, for the tight ends. And part of that was injuries. Um, part of that well, was just a horrendous use of them by Scott Turner. Um, part of that was the quarterbacks not throwing to them effectively. Like there was a lot of stuff that, that led to that, but it was, it was bad. And so them looking good in OTAs does not ease my concern at all yeah. about that position. Now I do believe that there's some real talent in that room. I do believe that Logan being Logan Thomas, uh, not you being healthier, um, is, is, that that eases my concern some yeah. for sure because like that's a physical thing and um I know he knows how to play football so um him him physically being able to does ease my concern linebacker is a funky one because yeah, I've got kind of I'm kind of optimistic I'm I'm kind of bullish on like how Jamin finished the year and what Barton can be because like he showed some real flashes in Seattle yeah um I I kind of feel all right like I don't feel like the upside's really there and then, and then quarterback, like I keep going all over the place on it because I do believe that Sam could be pretty good. I really believe in the enemy's ability to set him up. And I also big time believe in Brissett as a backup. So I am very torn on this, but I do think if, if you want to weight it for importance and weight it on variance, I think it's probably quarterback Yeah. because at the end of the day, like Sam Howell's played one game. He's, you know, fifth round pick, whether he, he should have been or not, um, He's playing in a brand new system. Uh, he's yeah. a second year player. There's a lot Matt of that all on paper says you shouldn't be super confident. There's a lot of uncertainty there for me. And the only reason I'd put linebackers in there is because Jamin didn't do anything in the spring. So where's he at? Where's his recovery at? Where's his development at? For because for me, he's a guy that he's a rep guy. Ron said that when you watch him, the more reps he gets, the better he is. And he didn't get any reps. So that's a big concern for me. Kalik, Cody, I think they look great during OTAs, but again, they're not running the football. So can they be as confident in their reads? Because one of the things about this system is is it's challenging in terms of run fits for the linebackers. So that mm. I think that's another thing that's factoring into my concern about the linebacker position. And like you said, tight end, I, I think I'm probably in the same way you're bullish on linebacker, I'm bullish on tight end because I just think I look at Kansas City, I look at the OTA period, and I say like they're going to find ways to get 
maybe not all these guys touches, but a lot of them touches and find roles for them as mismatch weapons. So I just, I'm a little bit more bullish on the tight end spot. I think Logan, he looks healthy to me. I think, you know, obviously Armani's injury hurts that group a little bit, but I think Curtis had a nice uh, OTA mini camp period. I think camp period. And, you know, Bates is Bates. That's kind of the guy you can set your watch by. So I'd probably go, you know, that, that's kind of my reasoning for linebacker and tight end. But I would have to say the reason for quarterback is exactly what you said. And it's the most important position in all of sports. And I think it's really closely tied to the offensive line as well. So I think I think um, Sam looked good. I think Jacoby looked good. But I think also, man, like he's second-year player. He's a fourth-round, fifth-round pick. You know, we can talk about his talent all we want, but, like, he has not played an NFL game. And if he struggles, like, this offense will struggle and this team will struggle. So um, I'd probably have to go quarterback here if, if I was, you know, if I was kind of putting my foot down. I think you might have actually convinced me that it's linebacker. <laughs> no. I'm okay with linebacker, too. Like, the run, the, the run, the run thing is yeah. massive, and we haven't seen any of those guys do it. They haven't gotten any reps in the spring. Yeah. It's, in terms of con- it's a confidence thing and like again i i'm a little bit more confident in what i've seen from sal uh how just a little bit but the linebackers man big questions there just from just from how they structured practice and again it's it kind of goes back to the o-line thing it's not their fault like i think we all i think we think jamin's going to be better this year i think we think Kalik's going to be better this year i think we're we're relatively co- confident cody barton's going to improve but a big part of what they do is they got to do both and when you only have to do one thing in spring you're going to look really good you know, you're going to look definitively good. So, yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm bullish on what Jamin did at the end of last year. Um, I'm bullish on what Barton can be. I'm, I'm less bullish on Kalik, but like, I don't, that doesn't really yeah, bot- right. affect it too much, but I do think the, the cohesiveness and everything, I, I think and Jamin not getting the reps, I think, I think we go linebacker. Okay, and I think the other thing to consider is like there, that group, I don't know how impactful they're going to be just generally because I think they're going to, you're going to see a lot of Quan Martin. You're going to see a lot of Cam Curl. You're going to see sure. a lot of Percy maybe or Forrest in that Buffalo nickel linebacker role. So how much are they actually playing? What is their impact? Yeah, that would actually push it back yeah. towards quarterbacks. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying too is like that to me in terms of impact, I'm more worried about the quarterback because I, I think you can negate some of that, some of the linebacker stuff because I think you've got such a deep secondary group. Okay, I'm I'm leaving the final call. I'm gonna go you. quarterback, quarter, quarterback, quarterback, linebacker, quarterback. quarterback. All right. But, so the the positive. But just to be clear, before someone yeah. rips our faces off, we like <laughs> Sam Howell, we like Jacoby Brissett, yes. but in terms of confidence, I think we have to be somewhat cautious, just because he hasn't played. You know what I mean? He hasn't played an NFL game. He's played one NFL game, and he looked good in spring, but. I just need more information there. And once I get more information, I can get more confident. But right now, the uncertainty of it, I think, is just is very high. And I do think that, like, some of the times that, you know, I think EB is, is to me, like, the settling force yeah, a little bit on that. I totally agree. Um, but you know, there's times EB wanted to rip Sam's head off in, in OTAs because uh, he couldn't get the, the things lined up right and some of the details. And, like, that's part of being a young player. And by the way, once you get into game planning and you're not going against the same defense every day and you go, oh my God, now we got different fronts. How do I target this run? Oh, the coverage is going to be dropping from a different you know, place, uh, different personnel that does special things because you're playing a, 
you know, a Seattle with a Jamal Adams or yeah. whatever, uh, you know, pick your, pick your special DB. I don't know why he's yeah, the one that's that came a weird my one. head. He hasn't oh, yeah, played good in for like you. two years. He hasn't played in two years, but sure. Um, you know, you, you get that kind of player and, and you have to do things differently. Can Sam make those week to week adjustments that you have to make as a, as a pro? Um, we just yeah. don't know. Um, so, all right. That means, uh, ninth was offensive line. Eighth is quarterback. And when you say that out loud, it makes sense why everyone's <laughs> picking them to be like the 27th team in the league. Um, but I think we're both like, this is all relative to yeah. each other. Um, I think we're both think that there is a definitive path uh, for it to work out. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Take a Man podcast from Odyssey Sports. Greg Hoffman here, Logan Paulson there. Our confidence rankings. So we got O line, quarterback, and that leaves, I guess, the I linebacker say, at at the I would seventh say, spot. Yeah, linebacker. I, I, and it, for for a lot of the reasons, end. I would say I I'm very bullish on linebacker. I just I was bullish on them last year, and I just I think you hit something that I, I think kind of encapsulates that position perfectly. Is is the usage going to be there? And I think with EB, his history with Andy Reid, their ability to identify playmakers and capitalize on them is going to be a big deal. I also think, you know, just from my observations of OTAs in minicamp, I thought Sam had a really good rapport with Logan Thomas. And that rapport for that position, the tight end and the quarterback, is going to be a big deal. You know, and so I'm, I'm a little bit more optimistic because I just saw more from that group than I did the linebackers, for example, during OTAs. Again, they got to block, they got to do all that stuff. But in terms of prioritizing what what brings value to the position in 2023, it's catching the football. And those guys all did it at a high level. Those guys all have a nice skill set. Those guys all move well. Um, you know, it just comes down to how EB's going to use them. And I'm pretty confident EB's going to use them at a high level. So I would put linebackers in here because they haven't fit a run. They haven't fit a run for the whole offseason so far. And what does that look like? They're going to be in a joint practice with Baltimore. They're going to get 50,000 runs in a practice. You know what I mean? Like it's, what's that going to look like? And, and, and again, I reserve the right to change my opinion as we go along here. And so do you. Sure. But as, yeah, our confidence can, our confidence can wax. And absolutely. Win. But I do think as of right now, like the linebacker, they just, they haven't done linebackery stuff, you know, like they haven't done all the stuff you need to do. They look good at this. Thing. And they got off to a slow did, start yes. last year. Like, that was, I mean, Cam Curl's absence had something to do with that. But remember when we were all wondering if Jamin Davis was going to make it through the yeah, season right. last year after the first like three, four weeks and Ron and Jack called him out publicly. And 
I kind of lost it on one yeah. of them or both of them on the radio and was like, what are you doing? And, you know, I had to eat crow on that one. Cause whether it was just a matter of getting some more reps or whether that like focused and motivated him and they just knew their player, like whatever happened, yeah. it worked. So it's good to argue with the results by the end of the year, he's playing at a really high level. And also the, the comfortability, you know, what, what happens now that he's calling it, if he is calling yeah. it, uh, Cole Holcomb, uh, obviously exiting in the off season, but he was gone for most of the season last year anyway, due to injury. So I, I think the linebacker thing is interesting on the tight end front. So we, we lock in number seven linebacker. That's, that, that feels Does that right, mean, right? I mean, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I feel like six, you gotta get, I feel like six is tight end. Um, maybe running back gets considered yeah. here. I don't know what's what's kind of next on your, your I would list. Say, yeah. So to me, it's like, it's linebacker. Right. And then uh, t- running back tight DB. end is I'm really confident. Like, so that, what is that? So that's six you said. And so for me, for- yeah, we're now at six. Yeah. So to me, like the candidates here is we, we kind of, you know, slot one in who's the next one that we're considering. Um, it'd be tight end running back DB. I feel like I feel special like. teams would be in here too. Special teams spot potentially. Okay. Um, I'm pretty confident in the running back, but I agree. And I'm, I think I'm higher on the DBs than you at the moment. Um, but we'll see how it shakes out. So I would say I'd go special teams and I'm very confident in trust. Very confident in Cheeseman. Uh, Joey Sly, you know, had some difficulties last. He's a yeah. kicker. They, they, uh, they yeah, come, they come and, go. and go. I'm really confident in Katzer as a coordinator. Um, I'm confident in the guys they brought in to play teams, but I think a huge, unfortunately, a huge part of special teams is like making kicks, you know, and um, he had he had some Joey Sly had a couple spurts last year where he wasn't the most efficient. And trust me, man, like I'm not being critical of a kicker because like I don't I never want that job. I don't want my kid to play kicker. I don't want anyone to do that because it's terrible. Right, because there's so much pressure. Everyone thinks you should make every kick, even though it's so it's so hard. hard. Go kick a go kick a 15 <laughs> yes. yard field goal, something that you're not even allowed to do in the NFL. Basically, <laughs> no one kicks it if you're on the goal line. You're gonna quarterback sneak it on fourth and Correct. fourth and, and nothing. I, I think you'll be surprised right? how many but, of you will miss that. And by the way, actually, they don't even do 15s because it's a seven yard snap, <laughs> a 17 yard field goal, the shortest possible kick in the league. And and, and, uh, and write your write your percentage yes. in the uh, out of ten. Write your percentage in the comments. Um. That would be fun. <laughs> we should do that. What are what oh, sidebar? Thirty yeah. seconds or less. What are the what are the football things we could actually try to do that prove just how hard? That's they are? one of them. From like throwing throwing a, a twenty yard bench route. That's a, that's a big one. Like we were out demoing something on the field the other day, and I had to play quarterback. And I was like, just throwing even a even a five yard sit route from the opposite hash. It looks like it's a it looks it's a like a mile. throw. You know what I mean? It's because you're because you're in the yeah. gun. You're five yards off. You take a three step drop, and that dude is on the outside edge of the numbers, and it it's it's at least thirty five yards. You know, and those guys dart that sucker out there, and here I am throwing like a lollipop to Fred. So. I definitely think that's one of them. I think um, kicking is one of them. Um, I think catching a fade is another one that people like always get worked up about, but it's really hard to kind of adjust that body control down there. So um, I kind of want to do that. <laughs> we one. could, yeah. Let's, can you throw me some I fades? can throw you some fades. Yeah. I don't know if they'll get there. We'll try. Right. I might tear my rotator cuff. Nick, can you pop on camera real quick? Uh, we, uh, Nick, can we? Do you, do you? How are your camera skills? If we went out to a field, could you? Could you meet us and? Uh, can we do this? If you get me the equipment, then yeah, we could do this. All right, we could we could definitely we I got a gimbal, so we could that works. We could definitely uh 
iPhone camera with the gimbal and have it be pretty high quality. All right. Uh, here's what, here's what we need in the comments. Submit <laughs> your, uh, submit your football feats that you want Logan and I to try. And it's just close to like the, the Joe's versus pros, even though Logan's an actual yeah, professional like athlete in the bit, last yeah. five years, but like, we're not asking you to do oh, your okay. job. Yeah. 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 Like outside of like, okay, yeah, you can play tight end and I'll try to throw <laughs> you the out route. Um, but we can, we can see that. All right. Anyway, uh, the point is special teams kicking hard. I'm okay with kicking uh, above tight ends because the other thing too is the return game, specifically the punt yeah. return. Oh, that's a great this point. This has been that's a, a great point. that has been a non-factor since Stephen Sims yeah. left, and he was a, a roller coaster of a returner because there was always a chance of fumbles, and uh, that that will cause you to lose your hair as a coach. So kickoff return game, I think with Gibson is got some potential. Showed yeah. some last year. There's just, it's also just not a huge part of the game anymore. Punt return game though is with Dax Mill and has been a complete non-factor. Like, okay, cool, he can catch it. And as you have said time and time again, like you can do a lot worse yeah. than Dax Mill because he will catch it and he will not do it. But like, could you please get some explosive plays out of that? Uh, can you flip the field? Can you get out of some bad situations? Um, can you make good, you know, better decisions? Because there were times last year where yeah, he caught it, but maybe he shouldn't have. Um, those kinds of things, a, a little conservative for sure, which is probably how he was being coached. In fairness to Dax. Um, but I would like to see if one of these, you know, Casimir Allen or whoever makes the makes the club as the final wide receiver, does that guy provide some explosiveness in that yeah. part of the game? Joey Sly's had tremendous stretch of his, of his career. He's also been cut because most kickers have. So how what's his form, if sure. you will, uh, to borrow a soccer phrase? Um, Tress is Tress is Tress. Cheese is a fantastic and, snapper. And they've got Great. some guys on the roster, um, young guys who could potentially return kicks, but we haven't seen yeah. them do it yet. So again, yeah. And you feel good about kick coverage you know, with Reeves and, oh, yeah. and company. Yeah. So I that's mean, it's, nice. it's a very solid but, group, but I think there's a couple just little question marks and that's why they're, yeah. And we're getting yeah, towards they're the like the fifth group. So, okay. I think there's sixth actually, unless we're putting so, tight ends. Yeah. Below. So we, so you're so what's the order? Can we get a recap on the order? Um, I just want to make sure I got. You. Yeah. So ninth, ninth is uh, O line. Eighth is okay. quarterback. Seventh is LB. Uh, linebackers. What do we say? Yeah, linebacker. Sixth is special okay. teams. And now we're. I top would say five. here, tight ends. Tight end has to be, and for all the reasons we said, like yeah. I'm confident in the usage pattern. I think OTAs and minicamp they all look great. Um, and I think EB is going to big brain this thing and make them make them a big part of this offense. Um, can I ask you a, a X's and O's technical uh, yeah. question? Uh, how the bleep did they get Travis Kelsey open so often? So, <laughs> like, you know, like joking, but not because, you know, he was, and, and I guess really the question I want to ask you is how much of that is Travis Kelsey and how much of that is? So it's, it's a really good question. I think the scheme is a big part of it. Like he's your number one receiver. You're going to find ways to get him touches. They use motion. Great. They, they, they utilize motion in a high level <clears throat> to get him the football. Um, the other thing that he does really well that's, uh, that, that I undervalued, honestly, until I went to Titan University and talked to him, until um, I watched every single one of his catches from the last two years, this was like three weeks ago, he is a very smart football player when it comes to identifying coverages and feeling space and understand how the concept is working to get him open. He does that at a very, very high level while also having enough twitch and suddenness to kind of create in short area and like those kind of third and five choice ish types or type routes. So I, you know, and that's one of, that's another reason when I went back and watched all of Travis Kelsey's targets, um, I thought 
you know, what is Logan Thomas's superpower? It's the fact that he played quarterback. He's got a great feel for zones. He understands coverage at a high level. And that, I think there's a lot of corollary there between those two guys. Now, there's you got to get the game plan touches in. You got to get the scheme open. You got to have the relationship between the quarterback and Patrick, you know, uh, Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. That's a huge part of it, right? Because one of the things they do, like Travis Kelsey will just dead stop on a route and Mahomes just knows he's going to do it and the ball's there. And so that relationship's huge. And again, allowing him to be instinctive, allowing him to kind of be this really dynamic um, thinker of football is a big part of why he's successful. And that takes a very confident coordinator and coach to encourage that. Um, and I think we saw a little bit of that, like, uh, you know, just a light seasoning of that during um, during OTAs for Logan. Again, it's not the same level as Travis Kelsey, but again, that's one of the reasons why I'm really optimistic about, about that group transcending because of after watching all those touches for Travis, I'm like, Logan's not bad at these things. He's not at Travis Kelsey level, but he's not bad at it. So I think there's definitely something there that, that it kind of informs a more positive role for the tight end. Yeah. And it obviously will be very interesting to see how the enemy schemes it because Travis Kelsey was the number one guy there. What happens now that his number one, number two, and maybe arguably number three guys are wide receivers. Like how does the scheme change? Does he move pieces around? Um, Does he, obviously he will use some of what's familiar to get good football players, the ball, good football players being, the tight ends being Logan Thomas, being uh, you know Curtis Hodges, being Cole Turner, etc. But I, I think that's that to me is like one of the most fascinating aspects of schematically to what to watch for this season is not only how do you insulate Sam, how do you protect the own line, all that kind of stuff, but how does this scheme that has been so tight end based in Kansas City, where they've never really, well, I guess they had Tyreek, but he's a different he's a different dude. Um, the speed just allows you to do t- different stuff. Um, how do you, how do you do have kind of a wide receiver focused offense? Cause even when Tyreek was there, I think Kelsey was still probably the number one guy. So, um, that's, that's going to be pretty fascinating to watch how the schemes that up this season. All right. Uh, top five here we got on the board still running back wide receiver D line DB. Um, cause tight end was, I guess tight end was five. Top so this four. is top four. Uh, uh, running back, wide receiver, D line, yeah. DB. Um, this is tough. I'm very confident in all these positions. Um, I think it just depends on how you feel, honestly, about the DB group. And I think there's a lot of young pieces there. You know, Quan, uh, Emmanuel, all these different guys uh, coming in. Percy in a larger role, Forrest in a larger role, Cam coming back healthy, all those things. But that group looked so sharp during OTAs. So sharp. They were probably my MVP of the OTA period. So I got to kind of step back and really think about how I feel about them in terms of confidence. Cause the last thing I saw the last nine practices, <clears throat> those dudes were great. Kendall Fuller was great. You know, wild goose, like everybody played at a really, really high level in that group um, for nine practices. So that the standard is extremely high. And so I'm, that's the last thing I saw. So I'm, I'm like, I kind of want to put them, in that like wide receiver D line mix, you know, as a top three group, but also there's a couple of rookies that are, that we haven't seen play. that are going to be playing. Right. And then with the running backs, to me, that's the only other competition here is what is the, um, what's the usage for Gibson? Like to me, that's the big question mark. And I'm pretty confident it's going to be high in the passing game. They're going to find ways to get him touches. He's going to be like this X factor weapon, but we haven't seen it yet, you know? And so, 
Um, to me, it comes down to Gibson's usage and then how confident you are in the young rookies as uh, with the DBs. Agreed. Uh, make our decision after this. Take a man podcast from Odyssey Sports. I am Greg Hoffman. He is Logan Paulson. All right. Uh, before the break, running back DB. Those are the two that we are considering for number four. The winner, if you will, gets to to be in the top three. I think with no surprise with wide receivers and the D line. I I tend to lean defensive backs a little less confident. Again, we're talking about like eight out of 10 versus eight and a half out of 10 or something like that in terms of confidence level. I feel really good about Emmanuel Forbes as good as you can about a guy coming in, you know, obviously we know about the size questions in terms of his bulk and his strength. Um, but his, his ball skills are just tremendous. His confidence, his mental makeup. And the thing that I think we learned in OTAs, um, that, that we had heard a little bit about, but the more you got to like hear about him and then see it, his recognition is off mm. the charts and he doesn't even know what he's doing yet because he hasn't played it actually. Like he doesn't have any NFL file yeah. yet. He hasn't actually played an NFL game and he's already got a great recognition of what defense or what offenses are trying to do to him and his, his group back there. And so if you take that, you take BSJ, you take fuller, you know, Quan again, like he's a rookie, but, I think they'll be able to kind of put him in the right role to let him succeed. They got the three other guys. I think the big, I think the other thing that, that makes me more worried about them one, like the less interchangeability that we've seen the last couple of years, like one guy misses and the drop off can be really significant running back. It's like, Oh, they got to bring in Jonathan Williams off the practice squad. He'll be fine. Like there there's that. And then we really don't know who the nickel is yeah. at this point still. It's, you know, is it BSJ? Is it, is it Kendall? Like, will they just basically play Buffalo guys yeah. there, whether it's Quan or, you know, have him switch between like a Buffalo role and a regular role. Like we don't know who that spot is. And they're just, as we talked about with, with, you know, O-line, there aren't a lot of spots where we actually don't know who the guy mm. is. And while, you know, who's your left guard is an every snap problem and who's your nickel is not the fact that we don't know, I think makes it harder to put them in the top three. So I, you know, as, as we're, we're splitting hairs here to me, that becomes a pretty defined hair to split. I think I'd put D. Yeah. I think the thing that, and again, I'm fine with that, but I think the thing that gets me a little bit, I'm less concerned about quite honestly, is the idea that they have bodies that can participate there. Now, you know, you have Quan who played nickel in college, you know, you have, BSJ, who played nickel. You have Cam, who's done that. You have all these different types of people. Percy's done that a little bit. You know, um, Kalik Hudson did that a little bit in, in OTAs and minicamp. So, like, there's just a lot of people that can fill in there. And I think they all did a good job. Again, maybe you go back to that defensive thing where, like, the safeties look so good because they didn't have to fit the run. The nickel looks so good because they didn't have to play the run. And I'm with that. I get that. And I, I'd probably say that's probably a, a, a better um, – a better question, you know, in terms of like where that group's at, but in terms of answering questions during OTAs, like, I don't know if they could have looked any better, quite frankly. So, um, but I'll go with that. I I get what you're saying. Like there's a little bit of uncertainty about who's doing what the safety's fit and runs. Well, and especially when it's, you know, you talked earlier about how O-line and DB are the two position groups that 
reps together really matters. And when you have all these pieces constantly moving in and out, there is a better chance that there's a miscommunication because you're not operating snap in, snap out with the same group of guys. And as they try during training camp to get all these guys, different reps in different spots, do they get enough reps together in whatever combinations are actually going to be used on game day? I think it's just kind of par for the the course in terms of the nature of the position, but it is, it is a separator here compared to, I think they have three very solid running backs with fairly defined roles and, and by the way, depth behind them in case something goes sideways. Yeah, I agree. And I think the, the, what I'll, what I'll give you here is that I think the only reason I would be comfortable putting the DBs behind again, for all those reasons you mentioned, but also with the running backs, if you're saying that EB is going to um, expand their usage and I think he will, you know, I think we're pretty confident he's going to do that with the tight ends, pretty confident he's going to do that with the backs. Um, so I could definitely see, see that relationship there, you know? So, um, I'm with it hundred percent. So, so what is it? DB running back? Is that what we're going to do? Yeah. So running back then becomes third. And I think there's a line there between them and the top two, for sure. Um, the thing with running back that I think is interesting. So you have Robinson who's kind of this bruiser and, and I'll say this about running back, even before I get into the specifics. We came out of last season thinking they're going to be this like run heavy team. Ron's going to go find like, is he going to go hire yeah. Greg Roman and run the ball the highest percentage in the entire league? And I think it's pretty clear that they're not going to do that with the enemy because that's not how he thinks about offense. And the enemy's got a ton of power and control of, uh, over these things. I do think they'll run it more than they did in Kansas City. I also think that you have to think of the screen game and to an extent, the quick game as an extension of the run game uh, it accomplishes similar things. So they will have a much more effective usage of that than uh, they did previously under Turner. So I think all those things are good. Um, but there is kind of the question of like, what is the impact of this group? Is it is it a super heavy impact group or is it kind of sitting in the background as an ancillary supportive piece? And some of that's going to come down to what you talked about, the usage of Antonio Gibson specifically is the screen game just going to be a monster part of their offense? And if so, is he the guy that's, that's getting out into space? Um, you know, how much do they use Robinson? And then you have, uh, the kid out of Kentucky, Chris, now uh, name. I'm Chris Rodriguez, uh, Chris. Yes. Thank you. Chris Rodriguez. I want to say Robinson. Nope, I was like, Nope, right, that's yeah. Brian. Nope. Uh, Chris Rodriguez who has been compared in part because of where he was drafted and who he's going to be playing for to Isaiah sure. Pacheco, who is basically like, EB loves a third back who is a battering ram who runs like someone stole something from him and he is trying to chase them and beat them down with his body, like run them over as punishment. And that is who Chris Rodriguez is. That's who Isaiah Pacheco was. And Pacheco is ultimately the leading rusher for the Chiefs last year. I doubt that is going to happen because Robinson can also do a lot of that. But I, I think they have like the right three guys with the question mark to me being who's who's the pass pro guy. That is the one question I have for the running back position. Who is the the best pass protector and can they make enough advances in that um in that that part of the game to get what they need out of that position? No, I totally agree with that. I think um I think it's a really well balanced group. I think the Chris Rodriguez thing will be really interesting to see to watch because like he's not like a non he needs shoulder pads and a helmet to look like to, to be good at what he's good at, you know? So like, that'll be interesting to see if he's ready for NFL stuff. The Gibson thing is interesting. And, you know, when you watch Kansas city's offense, it's not like the backs are like this huge offensive feature, you know, like 
They catch a lot of checkdowns. They catch a lot of screens. They catch stuff in the red zone off of kind of design pick plays and things like that. So I look at that and I say to myself, like, they will be impactful. Their role will expand. But it's, you know, in terms of the personnel there, is it is it kind of a make or break? I don't I don't know. I don't I don't know. You know, running back in general has been devalued. Um, but I think they've got three good football players there. And I think they've got an expanded role in the offense. And I think the they are deserving of being in that third spot. Yeah. All right. So that leaves us with receivers and DBs. No receivers. And, uh, sorry. Receivers yeah, D line. I apologize. Um, who is, who is two. And then we, we leave our champion most confident uh, for the mm, end. This is tough. It's a really tough one. It is tough. Um, <clears throat> it can go either way. I think if I was going to make an argument for like, if I was a lawyer and I said, let's, you know, why the D, Everybody yeah. loves lawyers. Yeah. Sure, go ahead. Why the D line should shouldn't be. I'll do respect. Yeah, the D line shouldn't be number two or shouldn't be number one. I'd say Chase Young is the biggest question mark there, in my opinion. I think that group is deep. I think it's um, athletic. I think they're uber talented. It's just about what is Chase Young, and I think even in terms of him, like they're still going to be a good group because they showed they can be a good group with James and Casey and Fa rotating in there. Um, you know, John Ridgeway, Fedarian Mathis, the depth there is awesome. They're like perfect depth pieces, exactly what you want. And then you've got two of the best defensive tackles in the NFL, maybe the best tandem in the NFL, um, a top 15 edge rusher in Montez Sweat and a guy who was a former second round pick in Chase. So there's not a lot there, but I think if there's one question about that group, it's probably Chase Young. Um. I think you would just explain why yeah. they're number one, which is the biggest question mark is the difference between them being like excellent and really good, great yeah. versus yeah, really good versus great versus wide receiver. They have had injury issues the last couple of years. Like Curtis, obviously two years ago, Jahan missed a bunch of yeah. time last year. It's the nature of that position because it's the, the position that does the most long sprinting. There tends to be a lot more hamstring issues, things Close like issue. that, that get in the way. Um, they are learning a new offense. They've got a new quarterback that they're relying on, who, by the way, we put eighth in these rankings. Um, so I, I think there are more questions. And then you have the depth. Um, is this the year that with his college quarterback, Deami Brown finally comes through, who is the fifth guy, who is yeah. the sixth guy? Um, if, if that is something that you need, um, and, and can those guys step up if needed on a week where, you know, it's, it's early December, one of those starter top three guys goes down. How do you do it? And, you know, some of that is not going to be a direct replacement, right? Some of that is they would run stuff, more stuff with tight ends. They get Gibson on the field in some different, like if Curtis goes down, they might just put Gibson out there in some of those plays and, and substitute it that way. So um, there is a little bit of insurance, a little bit of, of, you know, support there in that way. But I think that the nature of the position is more fickle. And I think the depth is stronger on the defensive line that even if the former number two overall pick is not performing to a high level, um, James Smith Williams was a starter yeah. last year and he played very, very well. Casey Tuhill started in spots and played very well. They brought FA back. Like it's a group that's played together. They are not reliant on another position in the same way that the receivers are relying on the quarterback. Um, their depth is excellent. And they also have hyper elite talent, which is something the wide receiver position has with Terry um, and maybe even Jahan. But I think there's just, there's so much, you talk about confidence that comes with like sh assuredness. Yeah. And I think the D line is the most sure thing that they have on this team. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> I mean, I think, 
again, I'm picking, you're nitpicking that group because it's really good. It's really deep. It's really talented. And I think with the receivers, um, you know, like they are really predicated on quarterback play, you know? And so like, how do they handle that? But in terms of having good football players there, I think you feel very good about Jahan. You feel very good about Terry. Um, again, Curtis is one of those guys. It's a big usage guy. You know, Dax Millen had an excellent OTA period, you know, kind of as that fourth guy, fifth guy, potentially, uh, Diami looked good at times. So, uh, I, there are probably more questions there. I think, I think the depth's not quite as comprehensive with the receivers, but, um, I think they're, they're pretty good at football, you know, and I think those top two guys are, are pretty yeah. gosh darn good. And, um, but yeah, so I'm pretty confident that Terry's going to be Terry. Jahan's going to be Jahan. Uh, Curtis is a little bit of a question mark in terms of what he becomes, but I guess when you say it like that, you kind of say, I don't have any questions about the defensive line outside of one dude. And there's like literally nine guys I just mentioned. I think those guys are all going to be good football players. So I think, yeah, receivers two, um, defensive line one. Yeah. And, you know, God forbid, if one of the top guys goes down in any of those positions, like you feel better about the defensive line being able to step up and fill it than you do at the receiver spot. Because, they, yeah, exactly. I mean, they did it all of last year with Chase out, and they were still pretty solid last year. Um, you got a bunch of dudes that are hungry and focused and prepared. There are a lot of contract years yes. as well, um, which can go sideways if things go badly. You know, guys get upset because they don't think they're going to get their money. Um, but I, I genuinely think that they'll be fine. Um, I think the improved defensive back play is going to help them out. Um, I think the experience is going to help them out. Um, and by the way, they're playing in the same scheme and, and, you know, something that we've obviously touched on, but not t- directly mentioned here is like, we did a coach's confidence yeah. rankings. Like we're very, I think, confident in Eric Bieniemy because of what he's been, but he has not been in th- this exact position yeah. before he's got new players. He's still learning and he will learn things about them during the season that he just can't learn in, in training camp because it's not a competitive situation or, you know, you're not looking against different defenses and, you know, that's going to be an evolution for him where Del Rio is entering year four with basically the same group, especially when we're talking about the D line. So he knows those guys, he knows how to use them. He knows how to deploy them. And, and I think that has to factor in too. And while, you know, I think most of us would say, EB is probably an overall better coach than Jack. Jack is very like straightforward, yeah. solid, um, and definitely showed, I think, an ability to to keep a team together and motivate and do all the things you need to do as a coach last year when he kind of salvaged that group from a rough start. Um, you know, just because the ceiling's higher doesn't mean the present is higher. And going into the season, we don't know what we don't know about Eric Bieniemy as a sole offensive coordinator with this specific and play, group and of, play of callers. Players. Never called like you know been yeah. like the the play 100%. caller guy i mean i'm sure he's done that he's been that's that's been part of his he's he's been a part of a, a process but he has not been right. the guy and i think that's uh you never know in terms of confidence interval right or confidence uh yeah. so you know jack is jack and that's pretty good you know he's a guy that from a coaching standpoint Very you can good. trust he's got that team motivated he's got a kind of well-established kind of um you know stable of position coaches that are doing a great job with the guys that they have and you feel pretty good that that group's going to not maybe you know if, if they're a top 15 group whatever but they could be very very good if, if it all comes together in the right way so i agree i think um you know there's a little bit more uncertainty on the offensive side of the ball you know travel wharton's new you know as the offensive line coach juan yep. castillo as the run game coordinator that's a new thing receivers yeah. coach is new quarterback a lot coach of new is stuff new, going like... on there so um you know and again that's a testament to how well the ota process went with all those new pieces there but um, yeah, there's there's a lot of questions around the offensive side of the ball. For sure. All right. So uh, final order, 
most confident to least confident. Defensive line, wide receiver, running back. DB. Uh, tight DB. end. No, DB. That's correct. Tight DB, end. tight end, teams. special teams. Linebacker, quarterback, uh, O-line. Linebacker. Quarterback, yeah. O-line. Correct. So yeah. I th- I should have I should have rewritten that down <laughs> instead of trying to look at my initial list and order them in my head. Excellent, Excellent. Job, yeah. Craig. I mean, you know, I do. I confidence, I, confidence. In the I host most that is po- that podcast with um, Fred and Tana for the team, and I really don't have to say much because those guys will just talk about anything, right? That's but all, I do have to keep meticulous lists of stuff that they say because when it goes like, like, what did we just say? It's like, oh, you guys were just talking about. You know, whatever. So it's a it's a skill set that I'm cultivating at the moment. Yeah, that's one that I have cultivated. Just not just you in this in this situation. Just were like, nah, don't need it. Yeah, it's a bad <laughs> job out of me. It's a real bad job out of me. All right, uh, we'll try to do better for the second pod in the week, at least for the final 45 seconds of the show. I think the first 45 minutes were pretty yeah. darn good. Uh, so if you agree and you like it, make sure you're subscribed wherever you are watching or listening right now. Uh, we will have a second podcast this week, even though I'm out uh, basically by the time anyone hears this, the rest of the week on the radio doing the show on Monday, uh, and then I'm out on vacation. But before I leave on Tuesday, we will record a pod that will come out on Wednesday. So make sure you're subscribed for that. And then we'll be back next week. Uh, we got to figure out our schedule yeah. because of the holiday. But uh, the the plan is to put out two episodes next week around July 4th. Uh, with all of that said, his name is Logan Paulson. You can follow him on Instagram at Logan underscore Paulson 82. My name is Craig Hoffman. You can get me on Twitter at Craig Hoffman and on YouTube at youtube.com slash at Craig Hoffman. And we will see you next week here or later this week. God really crushing the ending here, uh, on take command. Stop the recording. <laughs>